I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, we're already well into the final month of 2017. I'm Jeff Braun, and this here is the December Movie Preview. Also, Game of Thrones not back until 2019. Say it ain't so. In the meantime, let's get to that preview. And new this weekend, The Disaster Artist. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. If you know that clip, you know what I'm about to talk about. If you don't, I'll explain. That's a clip of a movie called The Room, widely regarded by fans of crappy movies as the worst movie of all time. It was made by a a guy named Tommy Wiseau. He's also the star of the movie. This was back in 2003. Now, with the disaster artist, James Franco has made a movie about the making of The Room, and he stars as Tommy Wiseau. Ready? And action! What a line. What a line. The Room has a massive cult following. Wiseau himself goes to these midnight screenings all the time, leans into the joke instead of being upset about it. He is apparently on board with the disaster artist, even though they make him look pretty dumb. What a line. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bull****. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Okay. Action. What is line? The movie has a terrific cast, including Seth Rogen, as you may have guessed, Alison Brie, Lizzie Kaplan, Zac Efron, Dave Franco, a.k.a. Cole Fusion, Kristen yeah! Bell, Eliza Coop, Adam Scott, Judd Apatow, and on and on and on. Seriously, there would be 20 more names I could list. Take 13. Action. I did not hit her. I... Okay, okay. Line. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Take 67. Action. I hit her. No. Do you want to change the line? You're doing great, man. We'll get there. The big question people are asking is this. Is there any point in watching The Disaster Artist if you haven't seen The Room? I bet you would get more from it if you have seen The Room, but if you don't want to watch the whole garbage movie like that, just watch a few scenes on YouTube and you'll probably be okay. Action! I did not hit her. It's not true. It's I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. For the record, whenever we refer to Dave Franco and then call him <laughs> Cole Fusion, yeah. that's a joke from season, Eight? the last season of Scrubs. Scrubs Medical School or whatever yeah. it was. Also, Eliza Coop, I said on the list, is in this movie. She was in that Scrubs show as well. That's right. Uh, that goes back to 2010 already. That's that old, eh? We should yeah. probably stop doing it. No, no, it's great. He, his character, is, the character's name was Cole, and at one point he calls himself Cole Fusion. Yeah. Uh, and it just is, stuck with us. Yeah, well, and it was the best part of the season, because <laughs> that season was a huge disappointment and should have never happened in the first place. Yeah. Tainted the series, as it were. Yeah. Uh, that's a hole where you're about to fall down on a different <laughs> rabbit hole, so let's get back to the December movie preview. Moving on to the 15th, it's time to go back to a galaxy far, far away for Star Wars Episode 8 The Last Jedi. Something inside me has always been there. But now it's awake. 
Last Jedi picks up right where The Force Awakens left off, with the hero from that movie, Rey, played by Daisy Ridley, meeting Luke Skywalker. And she begins to train as a Jedi, because as we saw in The Force Awakens, the Force is very strong with her. However, Luke is not too excited by her power. I've seen this raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. The Last Jedi would also see the return of the divisive villain played by Adam Driver, Kylo Ren. During that little voiceover, we see him piloting a TIE silencer locked onto the bridge of a ship where General Leia is waiting. He has the finger on the button ready to kill her, but he hesitates. Is this how they will ha choose to have Leia's character exit the series in the wake of Carrie Fisher's death? I doubt it. We also hear Supreme Leader Snoke talking, and it looks like he's talking to his apprentice, Kylo Ren. When I found you, I think he's actually talking to Rey, just like I think Kylo Ren was talking to Rey, just like this little guy is talking to Rey. Alright, maybe not. That's a Porg. It's a fuzzy little seabird creature thing, and it's selling lots of toys. Back to the theme of misdirection. Luke even points it out in the trailer. This is not going to go... I bought my tickets two months ago for opening night, which is actually Thursday, December 14th, so I will have a review for you next week for The Last Jedi. I need someone to show me my place in all this. away so excited so excited if star wars isn't your thing though maybe you'll want to try a cartoon about a bull in spain it's called ferdinand people think they got you all figured out based on how you look but it's not that simple especially when it comes to me i'm a little more complex Sorry, I almost killed you! Ow! Ferdinand is based on a children's book from 1936 called The Story of Ferdinand, and the bull on parade in this film is voiced by World Wrestling Entertainment superstar John Cena. And his name is John Cena! <laughs> I suppose I could have used his real theme music, but I couldn't resist. Here's another clip from the movie. 
Now, I know when you look at me, you think big. You're ginormous. I can't wait to show you to the rest of the guys. They're going to fertilize the yard. You think scary. <gasps> Who are you? I'm Una. I'm Dos. And I'm Cuatro. What happened to Trace? We do not speak of Trace. Ferdinand is a bull who would rather kick back, relax, and be happy than step into the ring and bullfight. His original story was actually first adapted into a cartoon by Disney back in 1938. Once upon a time in sunny Spain, there was a little bull, and his name was... Sorry. Sometimes his mother, who was a cow, would worry about him. She was afraid he would be lonesome all by himself. Now, Ferdinand, why don't you play with all the other little bulls and butt your head? But Ferdinand would shake his head. I like it better here, where I can sit just quietly and smell the flowers. Is it the same guy doing all the voices? I think so. Sounds like it. Should we do <laughs> this new film? This new film is from Blue Sky Studios and 20th Century Fox Animation, and it sees our hero taken away to be forced into bullfighting. You think someone who can fight? I am here to select a bull. I'll take that one. Sucks to be you. I am not a fighting bull. Can you guys help me out? This is the beautiful horsey side, and that is the stinky bull side. Have a nice day, smelling terrible. Hi, hoofclaws. Hi, hoofgretter. Ferdinand wants no part of any of it, so he hatches an escape plan. His supporting cast of various animals, like a goat, some hedgehogs, and a hedgehogs and a rat, are voiced by the likes of Kate McKinnon, David Tennant, Bobby Cannavale, Anthony Anderson, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, and Gina Rodriguez. It looks like heartwarming fun. I'm getting out of this place. He's coming now. He's coming now. Can you just try to be a little more quiet? Ferdinand. Couch Potatoes December movie preview continues with Hugh Jackman in a moment. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We're doing our December movie preview. And on December 20th, Hugh Jackman builds a circus in The Greatest Showman. Can I have your attention? You're all dismissed. Bankrupt. Better luck with your next job. He starts a movie as an accountant at a company that goes bankrupt, but he'll be okay because he turns out to be... P.T. Barnum, at your service. I'm putting together a show. And I need a star. He is, of course, inventing his famous circus. He's credited with inventing show business in the process. He gathers all the classic freak show types, but he doesn't see them as freaks. Every one of us is special. Nobody is like anyone else. That's the point of my show. Ready? Showtime. The movie looks like a lot of fun. Hugh Jackman, as we all know, is a pretty natural showman himself, so that's perfect casting. IMDb says the movie's a musical. The trailer doesn't really mention that, so... I don't know, do musicals do that because they know a lot of people, including me, are less likely to go if they know it's a musical? All they're really doing is setting themselves up for some bad word of mouth because I don't like musicals and being tricked into seeing one is even worse. (laughs) 
The Greatest Showman also stars Zac Efron, Michelle Williams, Rebecca Ferguson, and Zendaya, who was MJ in Spider-Man Homecoming. No one ever made a difference by being like everyone else. I can't just run off and join the circus. Why not? I mean, you clearly have a flair for show business. For show business? Mm-hmm. I've never heard of it. Because I just invented it. Also on December 20th... Yo, what's this? Jumanji. Pick a character and you're that person in the game. Bethany, you in? I don't spend my life staring at a TV screen. <sighs> Fine. It's Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. my hair where's the rest of me oh my god we're in different people's bodies Bethany, don't look at it no i'm an overweight middle-aged man wait a second where's my phone don't cry don't cry don't cry don't cry the first Jumanji came out in 1995, starring Robin Williams and Kirsten Dunst. It was about some kids who find and play a board game that turns out to be magical. And they release a man who had been trapped in the game for decades. But they also release all sorts of crazy stuff, including rhinos running through the streets. This new film takes place 20 years after the first one, and the board game has evolved into a video game. And four teenagers in detention stumble upon it and get sucked in. We can help each other. We all have special skills. Weakness, none. I hate this game. Everybody else got good stuff. Weakness, cake. Yes, cake is my weakness. You're all good weapons, Valet. What is that? I think it means you carry my weapons and give them to me when I tell you to. Don't let this new body get your butt whooped. So one of them becomes Dwayne The Rock Johnson, another one Kevin Hart, another one becomes Karen Gillan. She plays Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy. And the last one, a pretty blonde girl, becomes Jack Black. And much like the first Jumanji, they have to finish the game to get out alive. We have to work together. Oh! I think it's a staring contest. Who's good at staring and not blinking? I'm amazing at it. Can't even with this place. We gotta go get on my back. Hell no. I'll carry you. Come on. I would rather die. Get on my back. Nope. I'm going to die. Let me go. Now, the supporting cast includes Nick Jonas and Bobby Cannavale. And as previously mentioned, Bobby Cannavale is in Ferdinand. And so is Nick Jonas. Sort of. He provides music for that film. The first Jumanji was groundbreaking for its visual effects, so it's going to be hard, impossible really, to capture that lightning in a bottle once again, but it's got a great cast and looks like a refreshing take on this familiar tale. Jesus found cake. Cake? Isn't that your weakness? Something happening to me? Am I, am I shaking? Am I still black? Yes. Okay, we're fine. Everything is fine. It's all good. The cake made him blow up. Ha <laughs> ha. On December 22nd, Owen Wilson and Ed Helms are brothers in a movie called Father Figures. I probably should have told you long ago. I made up all those stories about your father. Okay, what? That he died of colon cancer. I'm not sure who your father was. I spent my whole life trying to honor his memory. This means I stare at 
for a living because of a fictional man's colon cancer. Could you pivot into plastic surgery or something less butt-related? That was Glenn Close as the mom, who's a bit of a tramp as it turns out, and so the boys search out her romantic conquests to find out who their real dad is. He's out there. I'm gonna find dad. Let's do it. Mom actually dated Terry Bradshaw? Do you remember a woman named Helen Baxter? Talk about a blast from the past. She had a set of Damn near cost us a Super Bowl. They also run across J.K. Simmons and Ving Rhames as their mom's old flames. Looks like a pretty typical raunch comedy, and if the trailer's any indication, there's only one real joke, and that's that Slang Close is a tramp. It's probably terrible. This movie was supposed to come out last January. It was in our January movie preview. Really? Yeah. <laughs> And at that time, it was called Bastards. For some reason, probably quality, they pulled it at the last moment. Bastards. Does the name Helen Baxter ring a bell? It does more than ring a bell. Oh, right. What makes you think about Helen Baxter? She's our mom. All we did was cuddle. Up next, we'll have a movie with Matt Damon. As the December movie preview continues, you're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. Continuing with our December movie preview. And on the 22nd, just in time for Christmas, Matt Damon goes and gets small and downsizing. The cause of all the catastrophes we are seeing today is overpopulation. We're proud to unveil the only practical remedy to humanity's gravest problem. Are you ready, Doctor? Yes, I'm ready. That is wild, isn't it? It's just wild. What happened there in the clip was that the world's leading scientists revealed that they figured out how to shrink people down to one inch. And they're encouraging everyone to do it to save the planet. A soccer field to you and me could fit a whole country of people. A real-life city would be as big as the universe. So little communities encased in glass are created and the general public can downsize themselves and live a life of luxury for the price of a few models. Jason Sudeikis did it. Downsizing takes the pressure right off. Plus, you're really making a difference. You mean all that crap about saving the planet? Yeah. Downsizing is about saving yourself. We live like kings. We got the best houses, best restaurants, Cheesecake Factory. Got three of them. So Matt Damon and his wife, Kristen Wiig, decide to give it a shot. In Leisureland, your $52,000 translates to $12.5 million to live on for life. Wow. Do you understand that you will undergo the permanent an irreversible medical procedure commonly known as downsizing, and that your bodies will be approximately 0.0364% of their current mass and volume. Nervous? Uh, little. Now the thing about the movie is, while the premise is obviously the stuff of science fiction, it's directed by Alexander Payne, so it's going to be more of a whimsical character story than anything else. He's the Oscar-winning writer and director who made The Descendants with George Clooney, Sideways, Nebraska, Election, and About Schmidt, all terrific movies. So while the premise of downsizing looks pretty wild, and it's sure to have its moments in that regard, I'm sure it'll be more about regular Joe Matt Damon trying to figure out his life and how he fits in the world. The smart world is filled with things to see. Sometimes you think we're in the normal world. And something happens. Oh my God. And you realize we're not.
Also on December 22nd, it's last call pitches because the Bellas are back in Pitch Perfect 3. If I can't contact you, I can't. She's right there. The Barton Bellas, an unlikely group of not men who somehow managed to win at something that didn't have to do with baking. I can hear you. They've graduated college, have spread their wings, and are attempting to fly. Papaya players delight with a shot of white privilege. Hopefully not becoming the failures we all expect them to be. I feel really good about where I'm at right now. I'm trying to get into vet school. Fingers crossed. She was about to cram her arm up a cow's butt there. Glamorous work as she looks for vet school. So the first Pitch Perfect arrived in 2012, about a university women's acapella group called The Bellas. It starred the likes of Anna Kendrick, Rebel Wilson, and Elizabeth Banks, to name a few. It was a surprise modest hit, earning $65 million domestically, so they made a sequel in 2015, which earned $184 million domestic. Now comes the threequel. I quit my job. You got fired? No, I quit. It's fine. <laughs> oh, come on. This is an overreaction. I would do anything to sing with you guys again. Anything. You guys, every year the USO puts on this performance to support the troops in Europe. What if I could get us an invite? Yeah, I've suddenly got a bunch of free time, so... Hell yeah! <laughs> They're all in sad spots to start the movie. They miss singing and they miss each other, so they get back together to go perform, as mentioned, on an overseas USO tour. Guys, we've never competed against bands that actually have instruments, so what's the plan? I'm coming up, so you better get this party started. I'm coming out. Aww, you guys just sing other people's songs, like karaoke. Karaoke? <laughs> no, no, no. That's so cute. Those mean girls are from another group, and they all have weird names. Calamity, this is Serenity, Veracity, and Charity. If I joined your group, I could be obesity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think her name was Serenity. The second, yeah, Serenity. Yeah. She's played by Ruby Rose, who was in John Wick 2. Oh, there you go. And Triple X with the return of Xander Cage. Yeah, that's right. Good memory. I've not seen either of the first two Pitch Perfect films. I think I need to check them out, though, because the cast is great. The movies look fun. And now it's a Pitch Perfect trilogy. Try to have some dignity. Yeah, well, we don't do anything with dignity, okay? They really do need to join the workforce. Yes. All right, there are five more movies we want to tell you about, and they all star Bobby Cannavale. <laughs> oh, just kidding. But boy, that guy's in everything. Anyways. He is. As is the case every December, there are a handful of really good movies that don't get firm wide release dates. Usually they're smaller movies that just don't have the distribution, or the studio's waiting to see how other studio lineups shape up in order to make the most impact, or sometimes they just play the bare minimum to be eligible for awards, and then a wider release follows in January. At any rate, here are a few you should keep an eye out for, as they may open at a theater near you before New Year's. If I told you about her, the princess without voice, what would I say? Guillermo del Toro is getting rave reviews for his sci-fi romance, The Shape of Water. Sally Hawkins plays a mute janitor at a U.S. government super-secret lab in the 1960s and discovers they have an alien there, which she develops a connection with. The movie also stars Michael Shannon, Michael Stuhlbarg, Octavia Spencer, Richard Jenkins, and of course the alien. It looks terrific. It's the movie I'm most excited to see right now. Well, maybe Star Wars first, but then The Shape of Water. She deaf? 
Mute, sir. She can hear you. You clean that lab, you get out. This may very well be the most sensitive asset ever to be housed in this facility. You may think that thing looks human. Stands on two legs, right? But we're created in the Lord's image. You don't think that's what the Lord looks like, do you? This creature is intelligent, capable of language, of understanding emotions. And the alien, uh, I think, is played by longtime Guillermo del Toro collaborator Doug Jones. Yes. Who was uh, Abe Sapien in the Hellboy movies, and he was the, the creepy guy in Pan's eyes, Labyrinth. With, the, the, with the eyes on his hands? Yeah. Okay. Oh, and he was also the, the ram go- goat guy or whatever. Yeah, Pan, I guess it was Pan. Yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> the, owned the labyrinth. The title character. <laughs> and uh, isn't he in that Star Trek show, Discovery? I think he's in that. I don't know. I think he's in that Star Trek show. There you show. go. I don't watch That's that. That's the guy. Yep. It looks good. I'm super excited for that. Meryl Street or Streep, I wrote Street. Meryl Streep. Dummy. And, and Odom Shank, a.k.a. Tom Hanks, star in Steven Spielberg's The Post. So, can I ask you a hypothetical question? Oh, dear, I don't like hypothetical questions. Well, I don't think you're going to like the real one either. Do you have the papers? Not yet. The papers they're talking about are the Pentagon Papers, leaked government files from the 70s regarding the Vietnam War. Tom Hanks plays Ben Bradley, the editor-in-chief of the Washington Post. The New York Times got the leaked papers, and he wants them too. His boss is Meryl Streep. She plays the owner of the Post, Kay Graham, the first woman to be the publisher of a big-time newspaper. Now the Post gets a limited release on the 22nd and will go wide January 18th. I'm asking your advice, Bob, not your permission. She can't do this. The legacy of the company is at stake. What will happen if we don't publish? We will lose. The country will lose. What are you going to do, Mrs. Graham? Keep an eye out for the final film from the world's greatest actor, Daniel Day-Lewis, stars in Phantom Thread. You can sew almost anything into the canvas of a coat. When I was a boy, I started to hide things in the linings of the garments. Things that only I knew were there. Secrets. Good morning. Will you have dinner with me? Yes. Once again, Daniel Day-Lewis teams up with writer-director Paul Thomas Anderson. They were pretty successful last time out together with a movie called There Will Be Blood. Instead of a cranky miner, here he plays a dressmaker who falls in love. The trailer makes him look kind of creepy, but I've read reviews that say the movie's pretty funny. Coming from PTA, it'll definitely be something different. Whatever you do, do it carefully. Here's one with a much ballyhooed release date. Will Ridley Scott meet his December 22nd deadline with all the money in the world? My former father-in-law only buys the best. It's time for you to do whatever it is he pays you to do. Let's hope you're half as good as everything else he's bought. We need to pay the ransom, Mr. Getty. I do not have the money to spare. No one has ever been richer than you are at this moment. What would it take for you to feel secure? More. More. This is the one where they cut out Kevin Spacey and replaced him with Christopher Plummer. Ridley Scott's no doubt still working like a madman trying to get the movie ready. It is scheduled for a limited release on the 22nd and then wide sometime afterwards. 
I didn't hire an ex-CIA officer just to pay people off. I hired you to do things that other people can't or won't do. No! And finally, Margot Robbie stars as the heel of the figure skating world, Tanya Harding in I, Tanya. America. They want someone to love. They want someone to hate. It's a biopic of the woman who, with the help of her ex, Jeff Galuli, the world's second worst Jeff behind only Dahmer, orchestrated the hobbling attack on American sweetheart Nancy Kerrigan. I, Tanya is already out in limited release and will go wide early in the new year. There's no such thing as truth. I mean, it's bullshit. Was that Jurassic Park music? Yeah. Hey, I stole this clip from your folder, man. I don't know why why you had that music <laughs> behind there. <laughs> what was the reason I for that? I think probably because there was no actual movie music to be found yet. No, I'm gonna no? no, I'm gonna think about that for a minute because that's uh, I was thinking, <laughs> did I put Jurassic Park music in there? What was the reason for that? We'll figure that out yeah. and hopefully have an answer for you by the end of the show. Up next. Game of Thrones, when's it coming back? A bit later on than we were hoping for. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. We solved the mystery rather quickly. (laughs) Why was there Jurassic Park music in Tanya Harding's movie? Well, there was a method to the madness. Let me take you back. Known more for her athleticism than her artistry. This could be her best triple, a triple loop. She skated to Jurassic Park music in the Olympics. That seems that seems like a weird selection, but I guess it made sense at the time. Yeah. So there you go. Um, she so, didn't make a lot of great decisions overall. So. <laughs> no, she did not. <laughs> she did not. So uh, okay, what are we doing now? Home video. Yeah, let's do some home video. For centuries, our families fought together against their common enemy, despite their differences together. We need to do the same if we're going to survive, because the enemy is real. It's always been real. Oh, yeah, that is coming to home video this upcoming Tuesday? Yeah, I know what Brett wants for Christmas. Game of Thrones Season 7. Uh, I actually don't own any of them on Blu-ray, so oh, really? maybe I don't want it. You're waiting yet. for the box set. Yep, All for right. sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, also, out uh, the Strain season four, and also the complete series, because I guess that was the last season of it. That's on Blu-ray. As is Catherine Bigelow's Detroit and Kingsman: The Golden Circle, which was a sequel to Kingsman, starring Colin Firth. That is on DVD and Blu-ray. It's also on digital HD. Um, also coming out on digital HD. Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm looking forward to catching up to that one. And the Lego Ninjago movie, which did not do as well as uh, previous Lego movies. So uh, that one was a bit of a disappointment, sort of looking for Second Life on digital HD. Yeah, it could. It might just be a case of Lego overload. That, and also, I bet I mean, come on, the Lego movie one was a new fresh thing that nobody, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was f- fun and exciting and brand new. And the second one was Batman, for God's sake. Yeah. And that's a proven title, so. Yeah, for sure. And by all accounts, it's the most fun Batman movie ever made. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, we have a couple of minutes left here. We're going to have to wait a little while longer to see the final season 
of Game of Thrones. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Game of Thrones star Sophie Turner apparently knows something producers have been keeping to themselves. The actress tells Variety that the eighth and final season of the hit HBO fantasy drama will return in 2019. That's right, we've got another year to wait. Do you deny it? Until now, the official word has been it could return as early as 2018. HBO has confirmed the final season of Game of Thrones will consist of just six episodes. Christopher Watson, ABC News. That's a long time to go. Yeah, they've been. They, 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 there was speculation. There was hints right from the the jump at the end of the season that it might take until 2019. Just because they want to do such a, it's going to be so big. Well, yeah, I think they, like it's only six episodes, so you might think, well, what's taking so long? But they're all long. Yeah, I think they're all going to be like 80 minute episodes, 70 minute, 80 minute episodes, and there'll be giant battles, right? Galore, yeah. uh-huh. plus dragons. Yeah, that's right. It just takes a while to render. Yeah, you can't do the story anymore without the dragons. You can't do the story anymore without the White Walkers. You can't right. do it without the big sweeping vistas. The show has just gotten consistently larger. It's evolved from what started off as really just a, a sort of a power struggle drama into with with sprinkles of fantasy elements mm. into now uh, a Still a power struggle drama, but also a massive fantasy show. I'm just, I'm starting to get sick of the, it seems so many shows are doing this where it's taking 18 months instead of 12 to get a new season. Like Westworlds, that's been over a year since that was on the air yeah. and it's getting more and more common. It started, honestly, the first show it ever happened with was Breaking Bad, yep. I believe. And they just said, we just need more time to write. And that was fine because that worked for that show big time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And some of these other shows, I, I don't know. I'm sure they got the reasons, but I sort of think it's like, come on, just do your job and get that stuff out on time. Yeah, it's kind of following the the British model, right? Like they don't they don't yeah. they don't abide by any timeline. They just do it whenever they yeah feel like it. It's like Larry David's like, yeah, I'll have a new season for you in six years. Yeah, we're probably <laughs> uh, we probably won't see Curb Your Enthusiasm season ten until 2024. Oh. If he doesn't do it soon, he won't do it again because it was already, everyone looks so much older this season. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, they do. It was a great, good season, yeah. by the way. We'll have to discuss that at some point. Down the road, that's all the time we have, though. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes, a review of Star Wars The Last Jedi next week. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. Don't bother.